Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Farmers Market with Corinna and Steph. And honey, you are here today, honey, for the second time. <laughs> well, sometimes second time is the charm, right? Yeah, second time around. Second time around. Okay. We got it together because the first time we did, I did not have it together. I'm not gonna say Stephan didn't because I didn't. Oh, I um, did. Um, my memory is trash and my ability to manage my time without one <laughs> without having multiple calendars is trash i don't even have a calendar so let's get into that like i'm free flowing and forgetting things and and all this other stuff so um my week i'm just gonna start with my week because that's how i'm feeling Um, my week was giving very ghetto in the beginning I overworked myself and I know I did just because I knew that the holidays were coming and I wanted to be the support I needed to be for my clients as well as for my business and getting myself ready for um, my Black Friday sale and Cyber Monday sale. As you know, AshleyLisa.com has spiritual products, services um, and stuff. And we got accessories too. I need to start telling people we got accessories. You really do. Advertise it all. We shame this book your I cannot. So, you know, everything is 33% off in the store. And I had to prepare for that. Um, so I had to make sure I had enough inventory, making sure things were already made and not having to make them when you guys order and just being real cute. So I was very busy earlier this week. And then by the end of the week, because I put the time in the beginning of the week, everything went well for the holiday. I got to take a three-hour nap. God is so good. He's an on-time guy. He's an awesome guy. Okay. okay. And I got to eat some good food that I made. Um, shout out to my grandmother who came through. Love her, okay. Dion. And what else? And then Friday, you know, I took my mom out. I did some, not shopping, but paying some bills because I'm trying to be responsible. Mm-hmm. And I only really got some slippers. I ordered a hoodie. I ordered Cam a Christmas gift because he's listening so I can't say what I got. Uh-huh. And um, that's really, and I'm lying. I think I did something else. I think that was it. I only got two things or three things all together. And I'm proud of myself because there's stuff that I want but I'm chilling because I'm trying to wait. <laughs> I'm just trying to wait because I need to wait. Um, but what was your week looking like? Um, so let's see. My week was it started off. It was a good week overall. Let me let me not uh, dismiss the fact that I had a very good week. Um, started off cool. I worked Monday. I was in my office Monday, Tuesday. Um, I was not in the office on Wednesday. I don't think. Um, and then. Thursday went to for Thanksgiving. Oh. Yeah. We also recorded another oh excuse me, another episode that day that will be coming out later. So that we'll yes, hear all did. about my Thursday. Yes, uh, Friday I went and spent it with the fam instead of shopping. Look at uh, you. I know, right? Being responsible. Being responsible. <laughs> I love that for um, us. I think the only thing that I bought on Friday was a was some tea from Starbucks. So yes, um, right. 
So saw the fam and then left the fam and went to a Friendsgiving after that, which was always a good time. Um, oh, damn. And then, what, did I, what else did I do? Saturday? Oh, it was yesterday. I went on a five-hour date um, that you and I will have to talk about off the record. Can you call me when you get done with this? Because I got something I got to tell you too, friend. I'm sorry. <laughs> we I'm not. Ah, shit, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought something just touched me. Oh, girl. Oh, my God. Okay, anyway. Did you scare the mess out of Cam? Yeah, I think I did. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm sorry, y'all. Anyway. Neither here there. Neither here nor there. Stephen, Stephen, Stephen. That's Cam's beautiful cameo that he does every episode. Stephen. Um, as you know, I'm a working mom. Um, You're not a working mom. You are a working mom. Okay, Cameron, we need to get back to the episode, beloved. So, <laughs> good night. Love you. I don't want to leave. Okay, well, you gotta be quiet then. Um, so Stefan, before I really interrupt you with my scaring myself. <laughs> with scaring the mess out of yourself. Um no, date and then um that was pretty much it. I came home, I hung out, and I went to sleep and I woke up and I did it all over again. And then today has been productive AF. Okay. So the last thing on my checklist to do is Laundry. Well, I have to fold it. It's already done. Okay, get you better get into it. Right, and then that's it. So I've had a very productive week, a very low key week, a very different kind of uh, Thanksgiving week than I am used to. I feel like I'm used to a very hectic week. Um, so I'm blessed and thankful to not have had to have a crazy week. I'm happy for you too, friend. Just because it could have went so uh, it could have went so many other ways for myself included, and I'm just glad that we had a very peaceful, very uh, interesting, new, fresh take on the holidays. Um, because Lord knows it's needed after whatever happened, um, the pandemic, the panoramic <laughs> that is still panoramic. The pan pandemic is still pandemicing. Um, <laughs> so today's episode is schizophrenia, and you know, I feel so excited to talk about this. I know it sounds crazy, but I have more energy this time. <laughs> but I just feel like we need to talk a more about the heavier sides of mental illness. Mm-hmm. and what it can look like for people and to have my own personal living lived experience with a loved one who's experienced um, schizophrenic episodes or schizophrenia um, and dealing with clients that I've personally had treatment and given treatment to um, who have schizoaffective disorder um, and other psychotic features that most people are running away from. So I really am so glad that we could kind of have a conversation about this and be open. I do want to say that we are coming from a place of love. Uh, We are not experts, um, but we do know a good bit. And we want to share that with the public. Because if you have a loved one or you have experienced a loved one 
who has had a psychotic episode deals with or lives with schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder, you can understand how overwhelming, how scary, um, how frustrating it is. And we want to shed some light on these disorders, these experiences, so that everybody can feel like they're seen, um, no matter what they're going through, right? So what are you thinking, friend? What what do you have to add? Um, I would like to add that we, as people, again, when we think about the thing interact with people, um, the way that we phrase things or the way that we just don't phrase things and just say things off the cuff and just being mindful, like I always say, being mindful of how you use what you use, where you use it, who you use it with, because you don't know who's going through what. And a lot of the things that we talk about, unfortunately, um, they people don't talk about them or people don't open up about them, especially not to loved ones and not to friends. And, you know, with already having to feel all the things that they're feeling, um, they may only have one person to talk to. And if their support system is clowning them or disrespecting them without knowing it, then they continue to feel much more alone than they could ever envision. Correct. And I just want to say that if you are somebody who is living with schizophrenia or schizodefective disorder, affective disorder, my bad, um, that it's okay to seek help. It's okay, you know what I mean, yeah. to reach out find support um obviously we'll have a medication conversation as we did with bipolar um but i just need the first step to be taken is to reach out and acknowledge that something's wrong yeah um and that's kind of like how i want to start this one um schizophrenia again with all the disorders that we've mentioned or to be diagnosed with it, it takes place over a a long time, right? And it's debilitating and messes with your ability to complete your daily living activities. And schizophrenia can be characterized by um, disorganized thoughts, bizarre behaviors, things that are irrational, um, paranoia, um, having hallucinations um and those could be auditory visual tactile meaning touch Mm -hmm. um audio um and having their own sense of reality you know what i mean like not being in touch with reality being in another place um in time um that is not where you are (laughs) you know what i mean it's not where everybody else is it's somewhere else um And I do also want to talk a little bit too about psychosis at the end, because as with bipolar, um, schizophrenia is kind of on a spectrum as well. Um, 
at least the severity is the severity is i won't yeah. say there's a schizophrenia one or two there's not but i will say again the severity of what you're experiencing yeah and to add on to that some of the so some of the things that come out and i think we touched on this a little bit in the last episode of like misdiagnosis um especially well for that it was about kids um for this one there are a lot of things that can come up that start to happen that look a lot like things that we've already talked about or things that um some people experience on the regular that may be like early signs like early warning signs so it can come with you know depression and social withdrawal which obviously can look like major depression um hostility or suspiciousness extreme reaction to criticism um right you know could be oppositional it could be um anger management issues or could appear as not can be but um deterioration of personal hygiene again can very much just look just like straight major depression um flat expressionless gaze depression um inability to cry or express joy or inappropriate laughter or crying um that shares some you know commonality with people that might be on the spectrum um but you know different diagnosis different situation but uh and then oversleeping or insomnia forgetful um, unable to concentrate. So then, you know, that could look like ADHD, that could look like anxiety. So right. it's not uncommon to see people that are struggling, <clears throat> struggling with schizophrenia, with these symptoms being misdiagnosed. So then being misdiagnosed, being mistreated, being mismedicated, uh, um, any, any things that could come with a misdiagnosis or in kind of the early stages that if left unproperly treated has the potential to get worse and then that's when we start seeing more of some of those be like overtaking so whereas like some people may come in and you know say yeah i've heard something but then don't necessarily know how to describe it because it's not if it hasn't, if it's not something that's been there forever, some don't talk about it right. because you don't know what they are. So oh. some people just think it's themselves talking to themselves when in actuality- It's a voice. It be, right. It might be a part of their delusion. It might be a part of their hallucination. And as you can potentially progressively see someone, you know, fall into some patterns, like the disorganized thinking, the abnormal motor behavior, um, and then just overall like a decline because things are being mismanaged, like that's when the concerns start to kick in and that might be the time to go seek more help than what you were what you were getting. Whether it's yeah. for someone or for yourself. Right. And I do want to again go into a little bit about the onset and when schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder, which is similar, but has a mood combination added. Um, onset for most and specifically this one is somewhere between 20 to 25 years old 
where a young adult may start to experience some of these symptoms that are kind of telling that schizophrenia has arrived, (laughs) hello, or is on its way. So just extra nervousness, maybe some restlessness, like he said, some depression, anxiety, trouble concentrating, your thoughts are unclear, like you can't focus again, going with concentration. Um, I also wanted to talk about those daily living activities that I've said in the last two episodes, like a severe decline in your work or school performance. Like you literally over weeks go from a straight A student attending all your classes to the point where two or three weeks later, you can't go to one and you're failing everything. Um, Or you go to work on time. You've been working at this job for five years and all of a sudden year six you're not going to work on time. You start being late. Then you start not showing up. Then you start calling off and now you're fired. You know what I mean? In a matter of a week or two, right. I would say week. That's crazy. But something super quick, like a quick turnaround where you went from being somebody who was functioning normally to the point where you're not functioning um, where you should. And then also social de- social withdrawal, like you said before, you declining to go to events, wanting to stay to yourself and isolate. Um, or some of the things that we see in young adult clients who are experiencing the early signs or the onset um, of schizophrenia. And a lot of that would sound like he said, like you may have depression um, or you may have anxiety, but the whole time these are signs that something bigger is brewing. Yeah. And I think one of the other things to kind of remind yourself of or, or think about is again, looking at some more, something that's a little more tangible in our minds. If we, you know, go to a, let's, we go to MedExpress or any sort of emergency room and we go for a cough. We think we have a cold and, you know, we're not, we just, we need something. We need some additional things than the Tylenol or the Theraflutus at the house. So you go, and you get treated for, you know, a cold. And mm, this might not be the best, but I'm going to go with it anyway. And you get some medicine that's just like for cold. You take it right. after, you know, 10 days, which is what they normally recommend. It doesn't get any better. Right. And then you go back to the doctor. Y'all go through whatever. They run tests. They do whatever. And then they realize, you know, you might have a bigger lung issue. That it's not just like you're coughing because of a cold. Or, you know, unfortunately, sometimes like COVID, like we've experienced that over the past two years. And so while the whatever medication they gave you might be alleviating some of the symptoms, like you might have less of a headache, you might your body might not ache, but your cough is not going away. Then you go, you realize like you get, like I said, the test, they find out you might have a bigger lung issue. You need to go whatever, whatever. Then they get you on the right track to alleviate what might be actually what the actual breathing problem might be. Correct. Like you might have had a cold, but you also might have asthma now. And so this, the one course of action is alleviating some of these things, but it's not alleviating the whole issue. And so how that ties in with the, like what we're talking about now is for some people with the onset or with some people dealing with it that aren't recognizing what it is, you may go into a therapist and you're talking to them about all the different things that are going on. Then you might go to a psychiatrist and you get medication to 
rectify or to alleviate some of the symptoms that are going that are happening and then you recognize over time like some of this stuff is just not getting better like your mood might improve a little bit um maybe your focus improves a little bit more but like overall things aren't getting better kind of across the board and then you, you know, some, the right person asks the right question or somebody digs a little deeper or you're a little bit more honest about right. what's going on. And then someone recognizes like, oh, okay, this is not just the mood that we've, you know, been working on over the last six months. This is not just the lack of focus or lack of attention or lack of being able to take care of yourself. Like, that's not just what this is you know, we might need to dig a little deeper. We might need to... What's the bigger picture? Right. And then be able to work from that construct. So I don't want this to seem like... Because I felt like reading it, I was like, okay, well, I could see why some people might not go, well, like, want to go get help or think that, you know, the medication isn't working or the therapy is not working because their depression isn't getting any better or their anxiety is not getting any better or anything like that when in actuality you're not treating the right issue you're not treating the bigger picture you're treating the sector of it and while it may alleviate for a little bit like those voices in your head are not you know going away right they're not your own voice you realize like oh that's not me or the things that you're seeing you start to realize like oh those aren't real and it takes time and i think that's why this disorder it people struggle with whether it's like professionals and or the person who has been diagnosed um is because there is so overwhelming um and encompasses so much just like when we tell you guys saying certain things like mood swings or having a mood you know like a lower mood disorder doesn't always equate to mood swings in a bipolar friends for example so right. even with schizo of you know phrenia not every schizophrenic is going to have disorganized thinking Absolutely. they may only experience delusions right so yeah. there's just so many things that encompass it that it's like oh my god this is overwhelming how do i start this could get violent this could get aggressive right. um which we'll talk about in a second yeah. um and this particular disorder has the potential to become so much more harmful than others of themselves as well as others you know so we start to handle them differently um when we really should not because that makes them feel more isolated and alienated and then that causes the behavior to flare up even more so um just so you guys know there's a difference between schizoaffective and schizophrenia um schizoaffective disorder encompasses bipolar um, where the person experiences either a depressive mood or you know a depressive episode and or a manic episode um, and mania and depression are those two uh, very big <laughs> places that your mood could go where we want to be in the middle um, people who experience that mood part can't necessarily pin that down whether it's biologically speaking their brain, brain chemistry they just don't have it Um, or in some cases, in very rare cases, um, extreme trauma, um, or traumatic brain injuries can cause a person's chemistry, um, in their brain to split. So with schizoaffective disorder, it 
has a lot to do, or we see a lot with paranoia. Um, we see the depressive moods, and we see the mania parts. Yeah. Um, my personal experience is seeing somebody who's highly paranoid, um, in addition to experiencing rapid cycling with yeah. their mood. Um, and that just makes for a very fun time for a therapist, mm. a psychiatrist, a peer. Maybe you want to have fun? Right. That's some fun. Um, I, I, I think the big thing to kind of notice, like, between the two is with, like, schizophrenia, the mood symptoms themselves aren't always present. Correct. Like, we, the, we are looking directly at how the, like, psychotic symptoms are affecting their life. And if sometimes they're affecting their mood, cool. But the the actual psychotic symptoms are like the feature, whereas like with schizoaffective schizoaffective disorder, sorry, I'm talking faster, talking faster. Yeah, yeah. My brain is processing. Right. Um. But oh, see, still schizoaffective disorder, the psychotic symptoms may or may not be present during the times when someone is experiencing the depression or the mania. So right. it's just, when you think about it, it's literally just looking at what is the core of what's going on. And at a baseline, oh, you know, it, it's someone's mood more unstable than their psychotic symptoms are appearing. Right. And that is the change. That's the difference between the two. Mm-hmm. Schizophrenic, schizophrenic people don't or may not necessarily have mood. Schizoaffective people will always have mood. Yeah. That's, um, that's what we look at. And that's the difference. Like, very plainly put. Like, <laughs> schizophrenic <laughs> does not really have mood. Sometimes, maybe not. Yeah. 98% of the time, don't. Schizoaffective, almost, it has mood. You will yeah. always have a mood disorder. Um, but I think more people fall into the true definition, in my experience, with schizoaffective. And I don't see enough people, I don't say enough people, because obviously you're going to go with the DSM. Yeah. But I don't see enough people exploring that schizoaffective with their schizophrenic clients. I think they just kind of hear paranoid delusions and immediately go with schizophrenia right and i think that it really takes the the right person to or just like you like you always say it takes time so being able like this isn't something that you know you meet with a person for the very first time for just an hour and now all of a sudden you're just like no you are 100% this or that for any diagnosis Um, but you you kind of create this baseline and so the more that someone's able to get in there and kind of weed through what's actually happening then the easier it is to figure out what is the core of you know the the diagnosis and I think one of the things that sticks out for me um, too one is one is not personal the other one is personal or this is all personal we all black um okay come on but... <laughs> <laughs> you know um, where we at with the vibe <laughs> hey, in, you know okay so 
in statistics, which I don't necessarily like to always read just straight off of like a off a web page, but um, I feel like I needed to for this. Uh, so it says numerous studies over decades have shown that black Americans are diagnosed at higher rates of schizophrenia than white Americans. In a 2018 analysis of data from 52 different studies, researchers found that black Americans are 2.4 times more likely to be diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, other studies have shown that blacks are diagnosed at three and four times the rate of white people. Mm. And they're not entirely clear because it's such a complex issue, um, you know, which couldn't be kind of the blanket statement for, um, but then it says schizophrenia is a severe chronic mental illness that interferes with the ability to think clearly, relate to others and manage emotions effectively, um, according to Diana Samuel, MD. So I thought that was just an interesting thing that I just kind of felt the need to share. Um, and I think you'll see a lot of um, a lot of statistics like this if you Google a lot of disorders in general, but mental health disorders, you'll either see that the black population is very underdiagnosed or they're very overdiagnosed. Yeah, like we're overdoing it. Um, and some of the issues with that, and this kind of, this will tie into the personal part of this, um, a lot of this has to do with the fact that a lot of the things that our systems are based on, that our tests are based on that our root um i don't say rubrics but uh i can't think of the word i would say scales you can say the scale yeah um in which these things are weighted yeah um they don't always fall in black people's favor no they they most often do not um and and also brown like brown folk black brown folk like we these things are not based on our body compositions. Correct. And so because there, people are going in with this blanket information or this baseline information that has nothing to do with us, often, again, we get underdiagnosed or we get overdiagnosed or we get um, mistreated um, or misdiagnosed, unfortunately. And so personally, my mom's mom my mama it just worked out that way um she mm -hmm. was diagnosed with schizophrenia and she passed away when i was somewhere between 9 and 11 i'm not sure um which date because all my dates back then are mixed up probably so that i can suppress all these memories um, <laughs> um what a therapist needs therapy i love it I um, but, you know, my mom talks a lot about how my mama was treated for a super long time and like her being in and out of hospitals and, you know, them wanting to commit her at points and them wanting to like keep her down. And I've only known her as, you know, a very independent person. She always, in my mind that I remember, again, this is, we're going back like two decades um, but I only remember her as, you know, a fully functioning, independent Black woman. Right. Who, you know, always had her own place. And she always 
had what she needed. And granted, like she just had also had a really good support system in um, and some of my aunts, but I never, I never like knew. It was never a thing that I picked up on. I didn't notice anything different or weird or anything. It's not like she was aggressive. It wasn't, um, you know, extremely disorganized, like a lot of these things. But again, I was a kid and I'm sure my mom could tell you a different story. Yeah. um, I look back, like after I found out, I look back and as I was studying this and going through my undergrad and then going through my master's, I was like, okay, some of these, like some of these things that I do remember make a lot more sense for how it happened but at one point like i said they really wanted to commit her because they didn't think that she could be fully functional and this is back in like 90s like early 90s well just 90s overall right Um, and imagine the information and the scales that we had then we're now you know 25 30 years later and black people are still diagnosed 2.4 more times to three to four more times than white Americans and less than 1% of Americans have schizophrenia. Come on, let's, let's, and you know what? I also just want to jump in and say, let's get into the tea about how that probably is a lie. Cause black people is not getting nearly the amount of mental health treatment that they should for them to be misdiagnosed or diagnosed with schizophrenia period. Mm-hmm. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> no, that's here and there. It's neither here nor there. <laughs> but you know, that for the sake of conversation, devil's advocate. Yes. You know, we go ahead and let them have that. But anyway, yeah. um, I you know, I want to appreciate you for sharing your personal experience with this disorder because there's so many black people, black folks, um, brown folks who have that uncle in the back room. Mm-hmm. That we all know something is wrong with Uncle Jimmy. I got my own Uncle Jimmy, Uncle Jerry. Shout out to Uncle Jerry. I love him down. Right. I know he is over there on the other side, you know, having a ball. Um, but we all have that uncle or we all have that aunt who has experienced these very, very um, trying times with their mental health. And it almost always is categorized or looks like schizophrenia. Right. Um, in most cases, it truly is schizophrenia, um, and they never receive the care um, because it, 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 for one, the scales are not weighted in their favor, and we have an extreme distrust in the medical profession, in the psych- psychological profession, um, as we should, you know, rightfully so, not taking that away from us. So when I personally hear things like that, it's like, what? Because to go back a little bit, like you said, in the 90s, um, my uncle was committed for at least 10 years at a state hospital due to his experiences with schizophrenia. You know what I mean? 10 years in an institution and then to be released into the real world with little to no guidance right because at that point um and if you guys are not familiar i mean obviously when you may or may not be depending on if you're a psych nerd we had this revolution in getting people who are experiencing mental illness or you know a 
mental disorder their power back and getting them their right their rights back right and in autonomy i love it yeah. in theory practice not so much sometimes because again he was released and given these new responsibilities and these new powers if you will yeah and had no clue how to navigate life Right. And unfortunately, what quality of life are we providing those the people that experience this disorder if we're not teaching them when they're in these institutions or we're not guiding them once they leave these institutions? And in the 90s, we did see the closing of so many mental institutions because for one, they were poorly ran. Um, they were trauma, of trauma mills, basically, where the person would incur more trauma yeah. for being mentally ill. Um, they weren't ran properly and they weren't managed properly. So we were like, okay, fuck it. They can't be there. So they just gonna be in the street, right. not managed properly, <laughs> not getting the help they need. <laughs> and then, you know, they're, the brunt of that is falling on the family and seeing that experience myself. And I know, like I said, maybe you can't speak to it, but your mother can speak to the experience that she may have had with her mother and yeah. trying to make sure she's taking her medications, that she is, if she's going off her medications, that she's getting back to where she can get stabilized and having to fight against the aggression, which we're actually about to talk about, that comes with this particular disorder and people who are experiencing psychosis um, or a psychiatric break, if you will. Yeah. Um, it can be very frustrating and very tiring. And I keep bringing up the aggression um, that can come from this particular disorder um, that others can definitely experience depression. You can get very angry and fight. Um, bipolar is also another one with the psychotic features um, that could cause a person to um, want to harm themselves or you, you know, another person. And schizophrenia is one of those things because if I'm in a delusion and I, you know, am seeing somebody coming at me with a knife, you know what I mean? What am I going to do but to protect myself? Or if I have, you know, hallucination, an audio hallucination in my head telling me I need to kill my nephew. You get what I'm saying? Right. Like, that's where things get a little dicey. And that's where things, you know, that's where we want to back off. And police involvement. So, you know, we can kind of go there now. And I want to think about or and take a moment and this could probably be a whole another thing in itself that we'd probably have to break down. But beside the point, um, when you were talking about him, you know, being committed for like 10 years and then coming out and having to navigate a world that is not tailored to, to him right and i think about the amount of mental illness that like enters into jail or people that leave jail with you know serious mental illness that has developed from being in this space and i think sometimes and don't quote me because i have not done research i want to google it because i do want to know but the amount of people that are misdiagnosed with a mental illness coming out of jail because of the trauma associated with jail. Well, jail is traumatic, beloved. Yeah. It's very traumatic. <laughs> and 
you know, it's a lot of these articles, if you Google, you know, mental health and incarceration or schizophrenia and incarceration, things like that, you'll see that jails hold tend to hold more people suffering with mental health issues than actual psych hospitals do. Yeah, because that, again, the police involvement, because right. the high level of harm to self and to the public we then get into where the police become the the institution instead of the psychiatric institutions and hospitals jails become the psychiatric hospital because a lot of times these disorders as well as schizophrenia and schizoaffective disorder have high rates of substance abuse to calm to self medicate Mm -hmm. so now they're doing crime to get the money to self medicate so they don't have to deal with their mental illness and or be unmedicated and are not receiving the care the appropriate care um they're now you know, going off into a psychiatric, you know, a psychiatric break, basically, or a psychotic episode. And the police have to get involved because they have to subdue them. And then they have to take them somewhere and hold them um, until they, in some cases, um, come back. Some cases they don't. Um, And then they're, you know, placed under heavy medication because they're, again, being held. Correct. So... This is why a lot of people don't like to dwell into this schizophrenia conversation or treat people who have had a history of schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder because the liability, the uh, likelihood of them being compliant, um, they don't. Lack of knowledge. Yeah, lack of knowledge and experience. Yeah. um, Is disheartening. But that's why I said I was so excited um, to start this with my best friend because I know my best friend will go here with me. I love my best friend. Uh, but I think it's important to give voices and to give knowledge and to yeah. give a place so that these people could be seen um, because just seeing what my uncle went through. And like I said, this was not really kind of, I didn't expect to get so but to, I remember you know, very, very vividly going to see him Um, at the mental institution and visiting him there several different times throughout my childhood. Um, I was an ancestor child. So like everybody would take me everywhere. Like funerals, I was that girl. And I remember going to see him vividly at several different mental institutions at the state hospital and being like, damn, like, you know, he looks good. He's doing good. And then for him to come home and see the transition for him when he's home and to know that he would only have so like a horizon house, which is thank God for them, but they're stretched thin. Um, That actually goes into the homes and make sure that these, you know, folks have case management and that they have their medications connections, you know, all the, all the people over here in the tri-state or Delaware, to be specific, you know, with their case management programs, I know, again, they're stretched thin, not the best, but they doing something. something, Somebody help us. Yeah. They help us somebody somewhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also just want to bring up like the reason why we have these conversations, especially because we are, we're already at uh, 43 minutes. 
And Ooh, it's like we, <laughs> we we haven't scratched the the surface of the surface. Like we haven't touched a hair on the surface of all of this. Um, but I'm more so like when we have these conversations because if nothing else, they're they can they're think pieces. Like they get us they get give us a platform to get people to start thinking about how big some of these issues are. And something as simple as like mental health in jail, like one, the first statistic is how much more we're diagnosed as a as a people with this disease. Then you think about how much more jail time we get as black people than other people do. Exactly. So, and then you think about the fact that jails house more mental health issues or mental health problems than um than psych wards do or inpatient um, places. So you have that statistic on top of that statistic on top of that statistic, and you start to realize like these, this this information is much bigger than probably a lot of us would even want to consider or think of. But if we can at least get the conversation started for someone to be able to just do a Google search, we could inspire somebody to start doing more research. We could inspire somebody to have more conversations or look at, you know, why there's so many, so much, so many more jail reentry uh, programs than there are case management for people with severe mental health. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, I like to think of this as just the. Yeah, it's definitely a conversation starter. And I do want to say, um, before we kind of like get off here, because we are going, um, usually treatment um, for this particular disorder, set of disorder, does require medication. And I know, again, we had a conversation at the end of the last episode um, with. Um, bipolar and the medication in the non-compliance. This is another disorder, again, heavy on the non-compliance. Yes. Um, So, you know, we, you know, do what's best for you. However, I will say that in 98% of cases, if you're dealing with schizophrenia or schizoaffective disorder, you will need some sort of medication therapy along with psychotherapy and or counseling. Same difference. Just different, you know, things. Yes. Um, yeah. I think some of the the medication management issues that arise for, you know, people suffering with schizophrenia is slightly different than, you know, other people dealing with other mental health issues who just get to a point where they feel better and they don't feel like they need it. Um, some, you know, some individuals suffering with schizophrenia get to a point where they don't want to feel numb. They don't want to feel like um, they can't participate in their own life. Right. Even though they were dealing with the things that they were dealing with and the voices and the delusions and the things, they still felt very much different. And when they're on medication, and I think from my personal experience of like working with some of the people that I've worked with, it's they 
are taking this medication and they're not doing anything else. So they're just doing the medication and they're not doing therapy. They're not, they don't have a support system. They're not working. They're not like doing any of the things. And so they, they don't feel as though they're living a life. And sometimes that blame falls on the medication. And whereas, like I said, other, other people that happen to be suffering with other mental illnesses get to a point where they just feel like they feel better. And so they're just like, okay, well, I'm at a good space. I don't need to do this anymore. And then, you know, watch it. And they and then they, they decline, unfortunately, which can happen in either scenario. But I think one of the biggest, like, revolutionary things um, to happen with medication for a lot of the mood disorders, but, you know, schizophrenia is like long-acting injectables. So right. people can go into clinics and they can get a small shot for that last 30 days and they're able to you know manage their life right you don't have to worry about missing pills or um taking pills or remembering to take pills it's not the easiest for everybody so just i wanted to put that out there because i wanted people to know that there are some options like where there's constantly people working on ways to help people manage their life in ways that aren't just the typical things we've been doing for the last 20 years. Yeah, and I think, like you said, bringing up the injectables and actually continuing the therapy part is important because, like you said, some people just like, oh, I'm taking my pills, I take my injection, that's all I need. But now nah, we really got to kind of really prep you, you know what I mean, for you to understand and get all the information and the coping skills. And... um and helping you reintegrate um, yeah. into reality, especially if you've had an experience or you've had some episodes where you were unmedicated or for an experience, you know, a long period of time where you were homeless, experiencing homelessness, which we, oh my God, we didn't even like, the we, schizophrenia needs like 10 episodes. I told you. But we, <laughs> the homelessness. We didn't touch that hair on the surface of everything even, we could It's so much, y'all don't even know. Like, and I'm glad that, you know, I have the opportunity or platform, you know, to have this conversation, especially for black and brown people, especially, you know, for the family members who have to deal with or have to work with um, and manage this um, and that frustration that they feel that nobody understands and nobody gets it. Absolutely. Um, but we get it. You know what I mean? We really get it. Like 100%. So... Oh my god, friend, this was such a jam pack in like first episode. Like I cannot. Like I feel like we have to come back and do another one because we didn't even talk about homelessness. I really so we talked about like um substance abuse meeting and the suicide because that's a big thing with this community. Um or this particular mental illness as well. Yes. Um or you know, crimes and stuff. So oh my god. I want to I wanna end this off with two very um, deep thoughts for, for this episode and for, um, for the stuff that we talked about. Right. So one thing that I, I'm sure a lot, of, a lot of us have heard, read, seen on Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, somewhere. Um, one is everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. So Ooh, Jesus. Amen. Oh, I'm sorry. 
I know it's uh, I love that and then this second one and that's I probably should have switched this around I probably should have read this one first but I'm gonna do it anyway um so this one says it is both a blessing and a curse to feel everything so very deeply yeah another one that pulls at the heartstrings ah I just also want to say that, again, sharing space with somebody as knowledgeable and as loving as you is so beautiful every week. Um, I just I just love that we do this together. Like, I love that you're my best friend. I, I just don't have no little schizophrenia, but I just wanted to say that I'm just, like, super grateful and thankful to have these conversations with somebody um, and they understand, and they're willing to, you know, do the work to, um, you know, help end these stigmas and to help these people feel seen. Yes, it's a beautiful experience. Like I love you, friends. <laughs> <laughs> I love you also. I just love that we can do that on here. Um, so. In the description, as always, with these episodes, we have a link to NAMI. NAMI is the National Alliance for Mental Illness, and they have all types of all types of um, support groups yep. and education and advocacy for all mental illnesses and the loved ones who are helping the affected persons. So, if you're interested in seeing what NAMI has in your city, you can just click the link in our description. Uh, we will be back later on in the month of December with seasonal affective disorder. Um, so we can get into the tea or the winter blues or the spring blues, whatever you want to do. Um, and we have some holiday episodes coming. It's it's coming. It's it's going down for next month. But um, I appreciate you guys for taking the time to listen to us and support us. Don't forget to subscribe. I don't feel like I ever say that, but I think we need to start saying that. Um, Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to follow our link trees. Everything that you could ever want to know about either of us is in our link trees. How to contact us, email list, whatever. Yes. And I want to shout out um, a Black-owned business. Come on during this, uh, well, another Black-owned business, um, during this period of time, because I think they are currently having like a 20% off sale on everything up until right. maybe the end of the month. I'm not sure. Um, but it's called Honest Rags on uh, on Facebook. I'm sorry, on Instagram. Um, and their logo is yellow, so if you're looking out for it, uh, be sure to... Um, look them up. They have a lot of great things. They are very um, pro-black, black forward, uh, anything, bags, hoodies, t-shirts. Um, I think that's about it. But like, they just have a lot of merch on their website and I'm definitely getting a hoodie from them soon. So um, H-O-N-E-S-T-R-A-G-S, there's literally their name on Instagram, their website, all that. So go check them out. I'm like so excited that we're like spotlighting black owned businesses. 
Um, don't forget to support com on this Cyber Monday, Black Friday, Small Business Weekend. Hit me up. Everything is stocked and rocked and ready to go. Readings are ready. Um, if you're looking to do a event session, you need to get on the books before the 5th of December because that's when my books is closing until the 15th of January. And yeah. Hey. So we will see you guys next week. Next week. Bye.